It is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020, and you are tuned into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Uh, we've got a few races to recap today, uh, plus a couple of news items to cover off on. But first, I kind of want to have, uh, I'll kind of offer up some thoughts on one of those kind of really difficult to answer questions in racing. Um, I've got a few numbers and some stats to kind of uh, go along with this. But let's kind of jump in here. One of the more recent additions to race results um, in the Dirt Tracker analytics section is the total position changes number. This is basically the sum of the plus minus for each driver, basically how many positions officially swapped hands uh, from the start of the finish to the feature, or from the start of the feature to the finish of the feature. Uh, for example, if the winner gained two spots and the hard charger gained 10 spots, that's a uh, 12 total position changes between the two. Um, just to give you kind of an idea of what I'm talking about here. I went through 154 sprint car races in the database to figure out which races had the most positions changed, uh, which had the fewest. I wanted to see if, if that number of position changes really equated to you know, what we considered a better race. So back through the 2018 season, the World of Outlaws race with the most position changes was the daytime show at World Finals in 2018. Uh, if you might remember, that was the race that Shane Stewart was leading early, cut a tire, uh, and uh, Tim Schaefer, Ian Madsen kind of battling for the lead. There were 121 position changes in that race. Sheldon Hodgenshield was hard charger that day, who went 20th to 3rd or plus 17. Greg Wilson gained 12 positions, and then there were four drivers that gained 11 positions. They were Donnie Schatz, Darren Pittman, Craig Kinzer, and Jacob Allen. Uh, Ian Madsen was the winner over Tim Schaefer, and there were officially two lead changes in the race. Uh, what's interesting to note here, one of the things that uh, it will be kind of comparison is that there were only, I think there were, or not only, but there were 28 or 29 cars in this race. So it was a fairly sizable field of cars. But I asked my Twitter followers last night, you know, very unscientific poll, but just kind of curious to get people's ideas. I put the highlights of each race up um, and then asked people if it was a good race or not. 76% of the 33 votes said the daytime race at Charlotte um, was a good race. Um, so the race with the fewest total position changes in the database was the 2019 event at Willamette Speedway. There were only 17 cars in this race. There were only 14 total position changes. Uh, so just to give you an idea, Sheldon Hodenshield in the Charlotte race gained more positions himself than changed hands in the Willamette race uh, through the course of that feature. The hard charger was Ian Madsen that day. He went from sixth to third, or only plus three. Uh, this race also featured two lead changes with Brad Sweet winning over David Gravel. Gravel took the lead with four to go in lap traffic, but Sweet got back by for the win. Uh, this race went green to checkered with no cautions, while the Charlotte show did have multiple yellows. Uh, when I asked my Twitter followers if it was a good race, 80% of the 46 votes said yes. So this race had quite a few less passes, but was actually viewed by more people as a good race. Uh, which I think is really interesting. You know, you hear all the time about that, you know, we want more passing and we want more battles and things like that. Um, and we have effectively the two races over the last, you know, two seasons plus, you know, one with the most passes, one with the fewest passes. Um, and the one with the fewest passes actually seems to, you know, at least opinion-wise on a, you know, a very subjective, you know, kind of measure, but seems to have been the one that people are more interested in or, or you know, at least think was a better race. So this kind of really gets at one of those big existential questions of racing, which is what makes a good race. The Charlotte race had a ton more passing, but some, you know, but a little bit less drama up front late in the race, while the Charlotte show had way less passing, or the, excuse me, the Willamette show had way less passing, but a bit, uh, you know, of a late race battle for the win. So the question is, would you rather see more passing or a late battle for the lead? Um, kind of for more comparison, Friday night show at Knoxville had 59 position changes uh, with three late lead 
changes, and I, I, I doubt you'd find many people that didn't think that that was a good race. I think a lot of people thought that was actually a really great race. So um, personally, I think if you're kind of willing to watch the whole race, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bad race. Uh, there's always something interesting to watch, a good battle to witness just isn't necessarily always for the lead. Uh, it seems though that those races with those kind of close battles for the win down to the finish often kind of get the most attention for being good races, you know, regardless of what happened for the other 97% of the race leading up to that finish. But uh, if you're so inclined, let me know your thoughts on the subject. You can uh, email me info dirttracker.com, tweet me at dirttracker, or tweet me at justin underscore field. I'd be curious to, to hear what people have to say about this subject and what you think makes a good race. Um, so uh, moving on to last night's action, there's nothing... Uh, uh, like a little midweek racing to get you through to the weekend. Uh, midweek shows always a lot of fun. I always enjoy being able to tune in, you know, and, and not have to wait for the weekend <laughs> to get that little bit of a fix. But Last night uh, was one of the West Texas uh, night one of the West Texas Crew Nationals at West Texas Raceway live on Speedshift. 360 Sprint Cars USA uh, RA USRA modifieds were in action. I'm having a hard time speaking today. Uh, Brock Zierfoss was overall quick time in sprint car qualifying with Seth Bergman, Scott Buguski, Gio Selzy, and Sam Hafertip winning heat races. Uh, Buguski dominated the first dash, um, and Chase Randall won the second. Parker Price Miller won the B main with Carson McCall, Terry McCall, and Jake Buback all transferring into the night's feature. In that feature, it was Boguski and Chase Randall starting on the front row with Boguski taking the early lead. Uh, it didn't take long, though, for four starting Sam Haverteep to jump into the fray. He took the lead from Boguski on lap four, uh, was able to weather a few restarts for the remainder of the race, and drove away to win night one of the West Texas Crude Nationals. Seth Bergman finished second, Boguski was third, Brock Zierfoss in fourth, and Gio Selzy finished in fifth. Uh, purse contributions actually bumped Haferteep's winner share from 4,000 up to 6,000 on the night. Uh, and then tonight's portion of that program, the winner share has been bumped up to 7,500. So more money on the line here, not only last night, but tonight as well. The night's mod feature was won by Fido Gallardo with Kale Westover second, Rodney Sanders third, Joe Duvall fourth, and William Gould in fifth. Uh, both the 360s and the modifieds are back in action tonight at West Texas for night two. You can tune in live on Speed Shift at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I will certainly be tuned in. It was uh, really fun last night to get to watch that show. Uh, the USCS Sprint Cars return to action this weekend at Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida. They will be joined by winged 600 micros for both nights. Crowd will be limited and social distancing is in effect for both teams and spectators. The series last race on March 7th at Chatham Speedway. Uh, Mark Smith grabbed the win that night. Smith leads the point standings currently over Terry Gray and Danny Smith. He's won six of the seven races so far this season. If you go all the way back to when we were doing shows when we were actually racing before, this was actually kind of a topic of conversation uh, with Smith winning so often. Um, so, But they will be back in action this weekend. Um, another announcement, uh, IMCA has announced they will begin uh, awarding points starting this Friday night. Uh, they have previously not awarded points for IMCA events with limited fields, uh, but have lifted that restriction because of the uh, current circumstances faced by racers. Several races in the last few weeks have happened with IMCA rules, but because of those limited fields did not award IMCA points. Um, so officials making that change for this weekend. Officials say they will probably keep this policy in place through the end of the season. Um, if you'd like more information on that, you can visit imca.com. 
Last night was the final go around for the World of Outlaws iRacing Invitationals. Both the sprint cars and late models were in action in a features only program live on CBS Sports Network. Uh, the late model series was up first at the virtual dirt track at Charlotte. Matty Watkins and Trent Ivey started up on the front row, and it was Watkins leading early. Uh, the battle for the lead got serious around lap 10, uh, with Trent Ivey taking control. And then after a late race caution, Caden Cornell was able to slide Ivey for the lead, and he would survive a subsequent green white checkered finish to earn the win. Mike McKinney finished finished second, Trent Ivey was third, and Matty Watkins finished fourth. Uh, Logan Seavey was your fifth place finisher. Uh, in the sprint car feature, the story was really the last couple of laps of this race. Max McLaughlin started on the pole and he led the first. Robbie Kendall then took over and led until lap 10. From there, uh, with Christopher Bell taking over, the way he's been in these races, it looked like maybe he would just take over and drive away. Um, but that was definitely not the case last night. With only a few laps left, the battle between Bell and McLaughlin heated up with the two trading the lead multiple times over the final three laps. Coming to the checkered, Bell threw a slider in three and four, and McLaughlin got into the fence. That allowed Bell to beat Max back to the line by 34 one-thousandths of a second. Behind Bell and McLaughlin, Kevin Swindell finished third, Chase Briscoe was fourth, and William Byron finished in fifth. Um, just overall, I, I feel like while we didn't have any real racing to watch over the last several weeks, I think these iRacing shows were a welcome respite. Um, you know, a lot of people stuck in their houses with nothing to do. I, I feel like the racing was really fun to watch. Um, it was nice to see some drivers from some from some other disciplines jump in, get involved, um, and really be competitive. You know, in a lot of cases. You know, it was also great to get dirt racing some exposure on some of these networks like Fox Sports, along like CBS Sports Network, um, and you know maybe elevate some of these names um, and help them out going forward. Not only helping finding them deals and sponsorships and things like that. So, um, if you weren't a fan of these events, no worries. It appears as though they are basically coming to an end. Um, real racing, uh, you know, obviously as we've talked about and continue to talk about, is opening up more and more and more. So, um, you know, don't worry. More racing coming. Uh, we will certainly keep you up to date as we uh, move along. Um, one other note, I saw the Sealands Grove race, which they were going to try to run again this weekend, has now been nixed completely by the Pennsylvania um, state government. So uh, shame for that state and a shame for those race fans and things like that that had, had hoped to tune into that 410 race. Um, that was They had originally hoped to run last weekend, and they had pushed to this weekend, um, now off completely. So if you bought the, the pay-per-view from the cushion, they will be refunding you shortly for that. Um, that's the show for today. You can find Dirt Trucker Daily on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. Please subscribe, leave me a review, tell your friends about the show. You can watch the show on YouTube and Facebook every day. Email the show at info at dirttracker.com, and you can follow along at facebook.com slash dirttracker, twitter.com slash dirttracker, and the website dirttracker.com. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Justin underscore Fiedler, and you can sign up for the Dirt Tracker weekly newsletter on the site. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow on Dirt Tracker Daily. Dirt Tracker Daily.